Hi everybody, welcome to the commentary that I am doing with Inigo Sherwani, the creator of Crown Jewels. It is a little over our like anniversary for the creation of Crown Jewels, and I thought it'd be nice to get together and do a little commentary since we are currently on hiatus for Crown Jewels. Inigo, do you want to say hi? Hey everybody, it's me, creator of Crown Jewels, Inigo Sherwani. <laughs> and I'm so excited to be here and interviewing with you, Eli. So... I think that I usually ask people about this, but one of the main things that I say is just like, hey, do you have your slate for what Crown Jewels is about? I'm sure people who are listening to this already kind of know, but if they don't, go ahead and slate. What's Crown Jewels about? Well, Crown Jewels is about three cousins who ran away from an illustrious family full of mystery and money. Um, happily being runaways, living their best lives. Somebody knocks on their door from their old life and turns everything around bringing all sorts of comedy of errors um to their doorstep and that's that's where we kick things off that's episode one yeah so crown jewels like you said is is i think <laughs> our rich representation on astro podcasting network i think every other story is written about people from more average tax brackets or even more poor tax brackets i know that that's a very silly thing to say but I wanted to ask, uh, what was the inspiration for Crown Jewels? I mean, why decide to write about like these this story about family politics, money, all that stuff? I wanted to write a story based on my own experience. I think um, I wanted to talk about how wealth affects people of color and what it does, like what a class divide does to us specifically, and what like wealth disparity looks like. Um, when like you start from the top and you go to the bottom and i wanted to talk about like how wealth inevitably is damaging in itself i don't mean to be like uh, you know money isn't all happiness like i mean money doesn't make you happy kind of a thing because that's stupid that's naive in this world um but there are some damages that come with like generational wealth like we've seen it with monarchy we've seen it with things and i think that really it's something that I don't see talked about within our, like, you know, within, like, my community and, like, how wealth has, like, caused so many huge gaps in ours. And obviously, yeah, like, things were nice and things were great, but I would like to talk about problems that people don't really get to see. And um, if they get to see it, it's never really from the perspective of someone who understands exactly how bad things are. And I'm not saying I'm that person, but I'd like to try to be. And uh, just to clarify, what community of yours exactly are you talking about when you say my community in this context? Um, I am talking about the fact that I am a Pakistani who moved to Silicon Valley with my dad and my family. Um, and we got lucky. Things really worked out here financially for us. But it, it came with some financial, I mean, not financial hardship, but like some emotional hardship. The way that we treated one another and the way that we kind of talked to one another and i think it really that immigration process looks different for us um sure sure and i think that that's really interesting just because so crown jewels is technically the third show on the network but is the is the second of shows that i started you know trying to get work done on when i became head of astro podcasting network so i think it's really interesting to have two shows that very strongly contrast each other but in essence are about very similar things like under the electric stars is a lot about like my own experience with being a filipino like the like 
member of the diaspora growing up here and like what the experience was for my parents immigrating here and how that generationally has affected my experiences in the United States. And I think in some ways, like you said, Crown Jewels is a lot about those experiences as well. Yeah, I, um, I was, I was going to say that like something I really admired about Astro Podcasting projects done by you, Eli Ramos of Astro Podcasting Network, um, yeah. is that I really, I, I said this whenever I was reading your scripts, you would always give me your scripts to just take a look at, give any input. And something I always say is that your best episodes are the ones where I see the most of you in, and the ones that really show you the writer within the writing. And I think that um, the ones where I can recognize parts of you a lot in it are the ones that are, are so strong to me, and that's something I really tried to do with Crown Jewels. Well, thank you. And I think that I definitely can see your writing style come through. I mean, as far as like beyond your own personal experiences, what other inspirations did you draw from when creating Crown Jewels? Like I definitely see uh, different kinds of media influences in there. I think like here, uh, like first scene in the pilot here is already referencing like a bunch of different cartoons and stuff. Um, although like more in-universe versions of those cartoons. But what other things did you draw inspiration from? Obviously, like, I, I drew a lot of inspiration from animation um, over the couple of years that I've just been consuming. I I was really, really, I'm still very um, into the, the series Amphibia, and I think, like, the dynamic of the Kazans um, is very, very similar to that. Um, and, like, that was just a minor influence in terms of that. But some other influences I had were, um, like... I, I was really inspired by Bollywood. I grew up on it as a kid. I was really inspired by... Um, uh, I was actually anti-inspired, is how I would describe it, by the movie Knives Out, a movie that I kind of liked when I watched it. And then it, as I thought about it more, I just I grew to dislike it. Because I had some thoughts on how wealth affects people, and I think I wanted to do my own take on that desperation and what people do under that. And yeah, that, that was another um, inspiration on that. Um, I'm trying to think. Whenever people ask me exactly what I, I cite as my inspiration, um, I can like think of people. I was obviously inspired by you to write the show, but I worked very closely with the uh, composer, um, Hugh Abraham, and we were very close friends prior, and we still are. Um, and, like, their music kind of inspired me to make this, like, slice-of-life story that also happens to be a, like, a story with a lot of dark twists and a lot of history and a lot of lore, and I think that, like, yeah, th those are some influences I can cite. Sure, I mean, I, like you were saying, I definitely see those sort of animation-inspired uh, influences, and actually, I do remember that when we first were talking about, like, series and ideas for you to pitch, you were previously more interested in doing, like, cinema. I had, one of the older projects that Inigo and I had talked about in some small capacity was The Agency, which was, like, a, an old show you were interested in writing about, like, a sort of, like, a mystery-solving club, essentially. It was a, um, a campus mystery-solving club, and they would solve... Um... Initially, they would start by solving sort of inane mysteries, like, where did my gym clothes go? Or, like, um, where did, like, this photo I had in my locker go kind of a thing. Um, 
And then it would get darker and darker as the history of the town would be revealed. Um, which I, I'm honestly considering pitching to APN, if I'm going to be totally honest. Okay, well, let, let me not spoil too much about that. But in that regard, though, like, how did you decide to make Crown Jewels a podcast? This is going to be so dumb. Um, but <laughs> me and you, I joked about uh, my own father being... <laughs> we joked about... And be gay. Um, and then I I remember just saying, I'm like, oh, that'd be a fucking nightmare for me. My dad coming out would be a nightmare for me. Not because I'm homophobic, because obviously I'm gay and I'm dating the person, literally, that I'm speaking to right now. Hi. Um, hi. <laughs> uh, hey, hon. Um, <laughs> but I um, was like, oh my god, I feel like my dad coming out of the closet. There's so many layers to that. And I was like, honestly. I feel like I don't see a lot of older gay brown men outside of like media even then they're not like old so to speak they're just older than me um and um I I was like I feel like that's just like an unwritten experience and like you know I loved fun home I can't believe we're going back to the inspiration question I loved fun home and I was like now what would that look like with a brown family dynamic like mine uh but but yeah I honestly um I think that was, like, the initial pitch. I remember we also, I pitched to you that every single week there would be a new family member knocking on their door. And I said no to that. And you said no to that. And I was like, oh, it couldn't be that hard. And until I started organizing it, I was like, oh, that would have been a nightmare to handle on my own. Yeah, so uh, this is sort of to segue into our next question, but also just, like, general reflections on this. So Inigo, uh, when I onboarded them, had not done any podcast work at all. I was sort of like going to be the supervisor. And I think that that's still technically my official title on the show. Now I'm also the sound editor. Um, but I was very, very hands-off with uh, Inigo when we first started on the show, mostly because I was just like, I don't really, like I had never supervised another person's show at that point myself. And like, I'd really only worked on my own thing. And I also didn't want to overstep my boundaries as far as like what could I say like yes and no to so I really relegated myself to just like doing script editing uh, uh, and doing some small oversight things like here's when your casting call needs to wrap like here's what your casting call should look like um but yeah, like I, I was very, very hands off and I think in some ways I feel bad because I think it presented some challenges so as like you know a new creator reflecting on like how show creation was about a year ago what what were your thoughts like how what kinds of challenges were you facing regarding like challenges like a year ago i was i was dealing with mental health issues at the time i'll be honest i'll be frank i had been getting help but i i wasn't what i needed um and i was dealing with that on my own for fun i guess um <laughs> uh, but on top of this, like, running the show, I think the, the number one challenge I had really struggled with was that I really couldn't figure out how to get episode two going. Like, episode one was a breeze for me. I, like, wrote it, and I was like, this is perfect. I actually have some notes for myself in retrospect. <laughs> um, but I, I wrote that, and I was like, oh, this is a freaking breeze. And then um, we got into episode two, and I was like, shit, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Um, because I had a plan for it, but it was really hard for me to write. Even, you can even tell in the episode that, like, parts of it were just really, really hard for me to disclose, because 
they were parts of my own life. They were parts of my life as I, like, existed. It was things that were really hard for me to discuss with a lot of people. And it even, it even inspired the APN rule of you have to promise you <laughs> to process your trauma before you write it. Yeah, yes. That was, like, a rule for myself, and I did not think that I sort of had the authority to like instate that for other people but then I was like no I think that that maybe should just be like a general rule that like and this is this is actually true that people have pitched me stories and I'm like it kind of sounds like that's too similar to something you are currently dealing with based on what you just disclosed to me through this email or through like us having a conversation so maybe let's hold off on that until you know, you've either gotten through that difficult portion of your life or until you feel like ready to talk about it just because like i'm i'm very against people like needing to put their trauma on display for people's entertainment like apn's small but it is still technically like we're creating stuff for people's entertainment and i'm not a big fan of people uh harming themselves in any way for for any reason but especially for like the purposes of creating something that someone else is going to like digest or consume it's so insane to me because, like, I really didn't think of it as self-harm. I really felt like a frog in a slowly turning pot of water. Um, and I was just like, I'm fine. I'm I'm living on a piece of bread every day from stress, but I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you also faced some other challenges. I think Crown Jewels has had a major recast happen between episode one and or episode two, and then, like, onwards, yes? Yeah, we had actually, because of, like, the hiatus between episode one and episode two, uh, which was my fault, I I think my biggest naivety was that I thought that, like, we could just write an episode every month. Don't do that to yourself if you can't write that fast. Don't ever do that to yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we had one person from the, ca- uh, from the crew drop um, uh, because of outside issues and um we had one person within cast uh, my friend paula she had to leave the project uh due to personal reasons and we had to scramble because we had just started production on episode two and i was like uh-uh, i'm not doing any more delays um but luckily we found because of because eli was actually hosting auditions for under electric stars i was like God, is there anybody, anybody that you have in mind? And Eli was like, oh, I have a couple people um, from the Utez auditions. And we found Rika in that, in the pile of emails. And I was like, Rika's perfect. Rika's like a perfect fit. Um, And Rika was thankfully able to get on board and even submitted lines like more than on time. Like it was such a breeze uh, working with Rika. It still is. I really, really like Rika's voice. So it was one of those things where hardship turned and blossomed into something a little better. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that we have Rika on board. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I personally think that um, Crown Jewels has such, like, a great, like, talented roster of actors. I think, like... We really do. We're so lucky. Yeah. Um, with Under the Electric Stars, I was very fortunate that everybody that I casted was really interested and invested in voice acting and frequently like people have told me that you're like working on under the electric stars was my first like major voice acting role and i am just like i was like so 
pleased by that. And I think that that's true of a lot of people in Crown Jewels as well. Although you do have some very experienced actors. Anjali Kunapaneni, for example, is on there. But the ones that I'm thinking of that I'm like, God, this is like, this is kind of like their first like really major role in like a long running thing are um, Seth Temple, who plays Altaf, Jackie McKernan, who, or Jacqueline McKernan, who plays Galal, and Devin Nissan, who plays Nazi. They are really phenomenal for being first-time actors, and for me personally, like, working with their voices especially is, like, one of my favorite parts of working as, like, the current editor for Crown Jewels. Yeah, I was, so, I will be frank, when we first got those emails in, for, especially for Nazi and for um, uh, for Althoff. We didn't have a lot of Althoff auditions. We definitely didn't have a lot of Nazi ones. And I was nervous to cast because once again, um, so the fact is that like Devin is not South Asian. Devin is Middle Eastern, I believe. Um, and Seth is also not South Asian. I believe he is Southeast Asian. He's Filipino. His, his username is Lumpia Raps. Like, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> I don't know the specifics. There could be more. There could be less. Um, <laughs> I wanted to go for the general area. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was a little nervous casting them. Um, and, and Jackie is uh, half Mexican. Um, so I was a little nervous casting them, but I, um, and it was also their first time gig and it, and I was my first time gig. So I didn't want us to be like, you know, I didn't want to be baby king of babies, if that makes sense. I assume that that's supposed to be similar to blind leading the blind. Yeah, I forgot the original phrase. So I just went with that. Maybe king of babies. Sure. I mean, it's less ableist. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want it to look like the Rugrats in there. Um... (laughs) But um, we 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 sat down for episode three, and I was confident in my decision because I will be I'll be frank. When Jackie first got on board, Jackie was really really nervous, and I was afraid that I'd put Jackie in a bad position because Jackie's my friend. Um, prior to this, Jackie and I knew each other really well. Um, and um, Jackie and I are very close, and I was really, really, really nervous that I had put Jackie in, like, I would cornered Jackie into doing this, but by episode three, Jackie shined. Oh my god, I think episode three is one of, like, our show's best performances as a whole. I think everybody did an amazing job in that episode. Also, she's just, like, she's really funny. She's, like, one of the actresses that, like, very consistently improv something that brings something new every single time, and, like, I already kind of, like, laugh to myself all the time when I'm listening to audio. Like, I'm just like, oh, this script is so funny. Now I get to hear people actually read it. And then she's always adding something hilarious to it. She really is. I Like, she was um, a part of the inspiration for the character in the first place as my friend. Um, so, like, her auditioning, I was like, oh, well, that, that works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. I was going to say, like, I, I think Jackie really, like, you know, really understood the character and really went into it. I think Jackie has significantly improved um, her acting skills. This was her first time acting gig, like ever. She had not, she hadn't even done like theater and stuff, as far as I understand. And I was nervous that I had, I cornered her, like I already said, but she's taken like a, she's taken a liking to the stage. I knew she would. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel that a lot of the people through this, like, I see how good they are at performing, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I knew it, I knew there was a performer inside of you. Um, Because, so this is, like, I, I was saying before, Anjali is already, like, a pretty well-known and established voice actor, 
Um, Seth, I got from The Sound of Your Name. Uh, he auditioned because I offered it up to college players, which was my old college um, like acting troupe. I think it's the oldest, maybe second oldest uh, acting troupe west of the Mississippi, which is kind of cool. Uh, and it's older than Cars the Movie and Cars the Vehicle. <laughs> Damn! That's like a joke Lily always said. Um, but Seth came from The Sound of Your Name, where he played a South Asian old guy, and then he was, like, evil. And then he moved to Crown Jewels, where he plays a South Asian old guy, but, like, less evil, I guess. Like, I would say Obab is, like, accidentally evil, is how I would describe him. I feel like if you ever asked Olaf about the atrocities the Mirza Corporation has done, he just won't know about it. He'll be like, oh my god, we did that? <laughs> we, we caused an oil spill in the Gulf? <laughs> in two gulfs? Um, in every gulf in the world. That's, well, my mind. <laughs> if that wasn't so terrible, that'd be a little impressive, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, but god, yeah, we... It, uh, if this isn't obvious, by the way, dear listener, um, Inigo and I will just toss ideas back and forth like this. Like, we'll just make a joke and just toss an idea back and forth about the characters. Frequent pastime of ours. Uh, and we also just both really, really like um, doing Seth's voice that he does for Altoff because he does not sound like that. Like, if you listen to Sound of Your Name, he doesn't sound like that either. But he's just very good at putting on, like, an accent and pretending to be an older guy. It's so honest. So I, I always say this, but, like, Ulthop as a character was supposed to be far more stoic. Like, I think something that I, I wanted for Ulthop was, like, he would be, like, bleeding. And then they'd be like, what? what? Oh, my God, you're bleeding. And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. Sucks for me. And, like, they deal with it. That was, like, the kind of character that he was initially. But then Seth came onto the role and, like, did that audition. And then when we heard, like, the first episode put together, I was like, I have completely changed the trajectory of this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of one of the questions. Like, that's one of the really significant changes, I think, in the story was, like, how different Althoff ended up being. Yeah, I am, like... So, um, yeah, honestly, I would say, like, I'm so I'm so glad we have, like, all of our cast members, like, um, e- even our more experienced ones, like, though, we are so lucky to just have their time, honestly, like, scheduling with some of our more experienced voice actors, I, that will be a nightmare for me to deal with privately, <laughs> um, getting them to sit down, we're so lucky to have them, they really, they really do so much, but our younger ones who put their whole heart into it, I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful that we have, like, um, like, uh, Seth, Devin, and Jackie, they, they bring so much comedy to the show, and so much charm, and I don't think it would be the same without them, um, we're very, very fortunate. For sure, um, and then, kind of on the topic of, like, significant changes in the story, what else do you feel like has changed? Because, like, I've been here since you pitched Crown Jewels to me, so I am aware of some changes, but I don't want to disclose things that might end up being spoilers later, so you tell me. What what, what do you feel really changed? Well, this is spoilers for episode five, so if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to episode five, go! Get out of here! Get out! <laughs> Get it! Uh, go listen to episode five, and then tweet at me all of your opinions. Uh, at Anigio underscore. Um... I'd love to hear it. Or you can tweet at the Crown Jewels podcast Twitter, Crown Jewels uh, pod. Mm-hmm. 
plug had to do it that being said um we added and subtracted a lot of characters that we were planning to introduce um there is a character that uh is up and coming uh who has already been hinted at in previous episodes that is sticking around but initially that character had a son i changed it to a daughter um that's a little sneak peek of what's to come um then we have um we had an added a character to episode five uh named Cagney. Cagney was originally not planned for the show at all i thought that well with the character of reese we would need some sort of muscle for the operation so we created Cagney, and I now have, like, way more of a storyline planned for Cagney than I ever did, because we got Julian on board to voice him, and I, once again, I really like the voice actor, so I'm like, you know what? I'm keeping you. You're stuck here. Mm-hmm. You're stuck here now. Uh, another thing was the employee, speaking of which, the employee character was supposed to be a cute little cameo from our composer, Q, of... And then I needed a catalyst for the events of episodes four and five. And I was like, you know what? This is a show about wealth. And in order to understand wealth disparity, you need the the part that is disparate. (laughs) Um, So I went with the employee character and we made the employee character a part of the catalyst for the events of the show and how things go from pretty inconvenient to extremely inconvenient life-threatening for sure (laughs) life-threatening for sure uh definitely not fun um well fun for us as the audience but not exactly fun for um uh, (laughs) fun for the people involved um but um those are some pretty big changes that we made uh i also um i also think that uh some There was a character, so this is a secret, but we hinted at a character in episode three um, that I've just scrapped entirely, and I feel kind of bad. I don't know if we'll bring that character back. There was a boyfriend that Bilal had who was also, consequently, the guy who forged their documents. Um, And I just scrapped him entirely because the cast was getting cluttered for me mentally, and I had a more interesting character down the line and I wanted more time for that. And I have a more interesting plotline for Bilal now. Um, but this ex-boyfriend uh, hacker guy that Bilal was dating has been completely scrapped. <laughs> I think it's funny that you say like, oh, well, first of all, I don't think you even disclose that it's Bilal, that that guy like used to date Bilal. He just says, I know a guy. Um, which could mean anything. I know many guys. <laughs> you? I sure do. Um... <laughs> But I think the other funny thing about that is just, like, you you say, like, that you hinted at him and then, like, he didn't make an appearance. And I'm personally, like, if that's the case, then I feel like I've dropped a lot of characters in Under the Electric Stars because I frequently have characters just mention another person and then they just, like, never show up because I'm like, whatever, it's their life. We don't need to know about that. No, I'm aware. I intended that to be a stronger hint, but if nobody noticed, well, nobody fucking noticed. <laughs> Crunchyroll says, uh, mutated is not the right word, but, like, it has changed a lot, like, significantly through its like to its current form and so i'm just wondering like what is your favorite part of that like what has been your favorite part over this year plus some change of creating crown jewels 
I think the highlight of working on Crown Jewels for me is um, seeing how people feel about it. Um, first of all, I love anybody who has, if you ever want to make my day, just listen to Crown Jewels and tell me everything you think, positive and negative. Um, I won't lie and say that if you say something a little mean, it'll hurt my feelings, but um, I still want to hear it. I still want to hear it from the bottom of my heart. And I think the other thing that I've really enjoyed about it is, like, seeing my voice actors grow. I, like, like, we already talked about this, like, in full, but it was, like, I was so nervous having some of our younger actors on board thinking, like, this. But, like, seeing how they've taken notes and how they've shown initiative, how they have taken the characters and really made them their own to the point that I can't imagine anyone else playing them. I'm so lucky. I'm, I'm, like, really fortunate that I get to be, like, a part of people's journey in that sense. I always say this with you and Under the Electric Stars, but I think it's, like, so cool that you have, like, some voice actors who their very first gig was Under the Electric Stars, and they're going on a pretty cool project. Um, And some of which, like, obviously wasn't their first gig, but, like, I'm mutuals with the, the voice um actress of uh, Haven, Teffy, and I'm like, oh my god, Teffy's in a game that's on the friggin' Nintendo Switch! <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I am constantly shocked by how um, my actors have gotten to work up in like bigger things. And I say my as if like I own them. No, I don't like I'm I'm just pleased that like I was able to be a stepping stone to the current work that they do, you know, and I hope that I mean, like, I think that Crown Jewels is probably going to be like that. I mean, Devin is also in other APN productions. So like they're going places too with their voice acting and their their singing ability too i think they're all in almost every ep like or not every episode but every show of apn they're in uh, they're obviously in crown jewels they were in under the electric stars they're in skill set they did a singing part on sound of your name so oh my god yeah like see they they have a lot of talent and i am i agree with you i'm just like very pleased to be able to see their their progress, their forward momentum. <laughs> Me too. I am like so excited to see like any improvement. I've also enjoyed kind of like coming into my own as a creator because I feel like a lot of you know this about me. A lot of my like ideas like stayed in my brain and just brewed there. So like I honestly am just like so thankful to you that you let me do this um for like a full time thing and um. I'm sure I've had moments I've really disappointed you, but I am so glad you've given me chances time and time again. I, I could not be gr more grateful. Oh, you don't have to say you disappointed me. Like, like, the creative process is a very complicated one with many ups and downs, which, by the way, I feel like it. this sort of warrants this question, but, like, your personal creative process is something that you're going to be sort of, like, working on through the the current hiatus for Crown Jewels. Like, what does that creative process look like for you? Well, I will be, I'll be frank. Um, this last year has been tumultuous for me. I spent a lot of it alone. Um, uh, when I, I live with my father, he traveled um, for, he was supposed to go for a one month trip and it became a nine month one very quickly. I had to go to physical therapy. I had undergone like extensive therapy. I'd done a lot of things on the personal side of things. So I had to like re-figure out myself before I really started working on Crown Jewels again. And I think that like, I want to take this next like month, the month of November, I want to take it to just fucking chill. <laughs> um, it's my birth month, it's the holidays, Thanksgiving time. 
I'm going to spend this month literally recuperating. I am going to play so much Animal Crossing, and um, I'm going to eat so much food that fills my belly and makes me happy. And I'm just going to remind myself to give myself a pat on the back, because I think the first thing I, I did with Crown Jewels was I cried. I cried because I was like, it's not good enough. Even though people were telling me they really liked it, I cried. I was like, it's not good enough. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve any of this. I was so mad at myself for not making a good enough show. And I, I realized that it's like, well, you made it. Like, and it got praised. And it's it's good. It's good. Is it an Oscar winner? No. I don't think even audio dramas will qualify for that. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think I want to spend the next, like, month recuperating and then December, I want to focus on really writing a solid comeback. There's so much exciting stuff to come um, in Crown Jewels. I I wish I could tell all of you guys all of it. I know Eli has heard me go on and on and on. Um, but it's it's so exciting. I think that like this was way better than I thought it would be. I think that like my initial plan for the mid season was not going to be this eventful and. Thank God it was way more eventful than it actually was because I'm really proud of it. I think it's a year's worth of content good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I think that having the mid-season finale, which, again, I still think that there should be a different word for it because it's not, like, really... it's It closes an arc. But I think that, that uh, having, you having the time to work on that and it coming together was a nice, solid end to that initial arc i'm really excited to see where crown jewels is going in the future because even though i help create it i'm not actually necessarily privy to every single story beat that's going to happen until i receive a script so listener you and i are about as much in this together as we can be with me knowing just like a couple little sprinkles of what's going to happen at the very end i i can't wait to share it with you guys i really can't i am I'm, like, resisting the urge to just write it all down right now uh, in, like, one big Google Doc, but uh, <laughs> I am, I'm just so stoked for what's to come. I think, like, our cast has finally come into their own a little bit. I think that scheduling will still be a nightmare, because when is scheduling ever not a nightmare in any circle of the world or hell? But I think that we'll still do great. Yeah. And now, now is your chance to, if you have any, like, less comments about this and or if you want to, like, plug your socials and stuff for Crown Jewels, and then we'll close out this commentary and call it a day. All right. Well, Crown Jewels is available everywhere you can listen to find podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Crown Jewels Pod. That's at C-R-O-W-N-J-E-W-E-L-S-P-O-D. Um... You can also um, catch up with me, the creator of Crown Jewels, um, at um, Inigo um, underscore, which would be I-N-I-G-I-O underscore. Um, and you can follow me there. I'll be I'll be doing other stuff. Um, Crown Jewels is my lifeblood, but there's other parts of the human body. Um, so there's other things I will be talking about. Um, and... But if you like me and you had a fun time, it wouldn't hurt to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and of course, please follow the Astro Podcasting Twitter. I think it'll be linked below as well. And of course, support our sister shows. We have an upcoming Under the Electric Stars episode and an upcoming Skillset episode. Um, 
and uh, we're I'm currently working on spectral evidence, and we're working on episode two right now. So please support our sister shows during the hiatus, and I will see you all after the holidays. If you are so inclined, pledging to the APN Patreon will have gotten you this commentary earlier. So if you're listening on the Patreon, hi, we love you. Thank you so much. And if you're listening to this on our regular feed for Crown Jewels, then yeah, please check out uh, the sister shows Under the Electric Stars, Skill Set, Spectral Evidence. Please stay tuned with Crown Jewels. And like I said, Patreon gets you commentaries and episodes earlier. And also there's going to be some other Crown Jewels bonus content rolling out uh like november to january is all the stuff we have currently scheduled i think so check it out when you have the chance give us pledge you starts as low as two dollars all the way up to 20 bucks a month and it's patreon.com slash mix eli ramos that's m-x-e-l-i-r-a-m-o-s yeah yeah we're rolling out deleted scenes for all of the episodes um these are not recorded, but you can read what could have been. Thank you so much for supporting Crown Jewels and the Astro Podcasting Network, and thank you for listening. And thank you, Eli, for hosting this interview. I had a blast. Awesome. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you all soon after the hiatus. Bye. Bye.